Well, hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of O. Jeremiah Talks. It is the podcast where the band O. Jeremiah literally just talks. That's the whole bit. Uh, thanks for, for checking it out. Uh, we have a really awesome episode this week. It, it's it's kind of cathartic for me specifically. I, I, I teared up, uh, maybe full-fledged cried at some point. Uh, it was just really helpful. We had our uh, one of our first shows back after COVID, and it was really eye-opening. Just like gratitude all around. Uh, just shout out to Eddie's Attic and the folks that came out to that show. It was really, really wonderful. Uh, but we catch up on that and kind of like... It reminds me of why we started doing this in the first place. So if if you've ever wondered how we ended up getting to that point, uh, this is a great episode to tune into. Uh, and then the Patreon part of the podcast, we talk about old TV shows that we super love and kind of like what we're up to now on new TV show stuff. So if you want the other half of this episode, just head over to our Patreon page. It's ojeremiahtalks.com or just look up ojeremiah on Patreon. We have tons of exclusive music stuff and we have some other stuff coming that I'm 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 super excited about and again I'm just I'm just not ready to talk about it just yet but if you want to get on the ground floor now's a great time to do it so just jump over on our Patreon page okay this episode is really exciting to me I I really am glad that you're here oh Jeremiah talks let's go I wanted to be you talking on the intro I together yeah hi 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 why did you point to me? Because I always say the first thing because I have control of the button. I thought it was really funny that you pointed to me. Yeah. Well, it, was, it felt like one of those. Th- did you ever see Wayne's World? They do this amazing. No. There's this amazing bit where they go three, two, and then they point. And there's like this really amazing bit. It's one of my favorite moments in the movie because they like don't get understand like why they wouldn't say one go or whatever. Yeah. And it's like it drags on way too long, but in that way that is like so fun. I feel like I've seen that in another movie. Oh, I'm they, sure it's they been don't in every say it out movie. Loud. Yeah, it's been in like every movie. But Wayne's World is like a Yeah, why super... don't they finish the count? Because I think it's because it could possibly pick up on the broadcast. And it's just a really funny bit because Wayne and Garth are like, wait, what? Wait? Yeah. <laughs> that's... And that's kind of what I was doing. I was giving you the, the go ahead. But What did I say? You said, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> okay. Which I liked. I think that's a good intro that we do. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let's, let's bring that into things. Hi, so, hi, 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 hi. Yeah, yeah, hi, yeah. Hi, hi, hi. I just usually say the first thing and I was just giving you the chance to jump in there. Okay. Because I say the first thing to let you know that we're recording okay. and that time I did finger point. Um, let me just also say that I like our new routine. I was going to tell you this off mic, but I like our new routine a lot of yeah. doing it on Thursday. I know it's our first day, but we... Thursday afternoons like feels like a vibe to me. Yeah, we're always looking for the right vibe for the podcast because it's a we've little... never locked in. Like we... we're like, let's do cocktails on Saturday evening. Let's do Sunday afternoon whenever everyone should be napping. Yeah, and I think I think Thursday afternoon is a good vibe because we're both not drinking. Right, we're, we're trying to cut coffee completely. And I feel like that's not why Thursday's good, though. No, Thursday in the late afternoon or in the early afternoon is good because you can't drink because you know it's not. And you can't have coffee because it's too... Because it's not morning. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, so we I are just trying feel like to... it's a nice, it's a nice, you know... We're trying to just recalibrate as a whole. I'm trying to... I'm testing out a 30-day protocol that I might recommend for clients. Yeah. And part of it is cutting out alcohol and caffeine for those 30 days. And alcohol, I don't have a problem with, but caffeine, holy smokes... I think I've talked about this on here before, but like whenever I had my hormones tested like last year that started my whole like nutrition purpose of life journey, yeah. <laughs> um, I had to cut out, no, I had to cut caffeine for two days and I had a headache from 
Hades, and it you know debilitated funny? me. You know it's funny. Like we don't usually swear on the podcast. Like if I do, it's telling a story. Hades We're, just felt right. You know, no, Hades did feel right. But for some, I think it's the Southern Baptist thing. We're afraid to say hell. Like I'm not. No, then say it. I don't have a purpose to. <laughs> I'm sorry. So it's just really funny. Anyways. Like Hades and hell are the exact same location. Okay, we can get into Southern culture in another another, okay. another we, day. I think we should. But right now we're talking about my terrible headache because I didn't have caffeine for two days. So anyways, this time I'm doing it a more, instead of just cutting cold turkey, I'm like gradually weaning myself off of it, as are you. I had a twinge of a headache this morning because I'm down to half a cup a day. And in three days, I will go down to a fourth a cup. And then in three days, I will be done. So I am also trying, I've been trying to kick coffee for probably 20 years, not 20 years, because then I would have been 10. You've been actively trying. Since I was 16. And (laughs) no, oh, since I was 16, I started drinking drinking coffee. You've been trying to quit since you were 16. (laughs) I was like, I will say, I've been trying to quit coffee since we started touring. Like that's when it became a problem. Our very first trip together was in Cape May, New Jersey. Yes. And I started to panic because you started shaking at night and you're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I looked up, well, I called my mom the next day and she was like, yeah, caffeine. And then uh, the night of- I was convulsing. No, I know. And the night of, I looked up and it was like 10 levels of caffeine addiction. And you were at like level nine and a half or something. Yeah. So, no, I know, but- so there's so much joy that comes with drinking coffee. Well, I've never had a problem with drinking. I've never had a problem. Like I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never smoked weed. I've ne- like I just I don't have that thing that makes me have to like clutch to those things. But you are a consumer. What's, I am, the, what's the difference between that? Um, I think it's Mental? because I can stop. Mm, I don't know. That's a good question because. I will blow your mind at a Mexican restaurant if you put yes. the chips and salsa in front of me. You, I think the thing about you is you can either live without it or live with all of it. Yes. No. Man, what, how succinct and perfect what you just said was. Thank you. Because I do think <laughs> it is a matter of it's all or nothing. Like I it either is. do this or I don't do this. Yes. I, so, so for that's how you are in your approach. To everything. Well, and it's helpful because, like, I know the consequences of alcohol because my dad's a recovering alcoholic. So, mm-hmm. like, I will never go too hard on that. Like, I know uh, I've seen way too many people in our industry, like, make terrible decisions on drugs or whatever. So, like, those things I have a healthier relationship with. But no one's ever died from tortilla chips. And I go so hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if someone like threw a ninja star or a tortilla chip like a ninja star and they fell off a bridge or something, maybe that's death by tortilla. <laughs> I hope that's how you go. Yes, uh, death by tortilla. But I just cannot if either we don't get chips at the table <laughs> or we eat all the chips in the city. That's how I usually am. But Miami, I went from four cups a day to two cups a day in Miami. On accident. On accident. Because you didn't like the coffee. And I said, you know what? I think I can do this finally. Mm-hmm. So Because I and hated then also, the coffee. I, can I be honest with you? Yeah, go ahead. A lot of times you like start these new things and you're like, I have a great idea. But I'm already kind of like in the middle of making those things happen. And you're like, this is a great idea I had. I'm going to stop taking melatonin on Sundays because I just heard a podcast. And I'm like, I've been telling you that for like forever. So anyways, I mentioned to you on the Miami Beach day one, I'm reading that Beyond the Pill book that I talked about last week. And I was like, 
okay, so if I'm doing this 30-day thing, I have to cut out caffeine. That's going to be really hard. I'm going to wean myself off of it. And then like two days later, you're like, babe, I think I need to like cut out caffeine. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what gave me that idea? Well, I, so it started with, I'm going to cut out coffee and replace it with tea because I really love black tea. Question for the audience. Can you brew loose leaf in a coffee pot? Hit me back. <laughs> Sorry. Retweet. Uh, no, just but now me. I think I'm going to just cut out all caffeine. I think that's the goal. Well, like, because that's your personality, right? Like, you're all or nothing. I'm all or nothing. You can stop at any point. You can go at any point. Well, it's, so, it's I've what been you doing, right. so I've been doing these early morning CrossFit workouts, and I just felt everyone tune out. I'm sorry. I'll be quick. And I've been doing, like, today's workout was at 6 a.m. Your your biceps look different today. In a good or a bad way? Just different. That makes me so insecure. Why would you? Now I'm going to be like, is she looking at him weird? You're just using your arms a lot. Oh, it's because I'm wearing a tank top. Can we talk about how you had to buy two tank tops in Miami because you sweat so much? <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, I, was early, that mor- early morning workouts. Okay. I thought if I could do a 6 a.m. workout without drinking coffee... I will be fine. And I did it today and I had no coffee. Today was your first day doing that. Today was my first day doing it. And I've had one cup of coffee today. It is 2 p.m. Jeremiah. It's, it's 2.20 p.m. I've had one cup of coffee today. You mean it when you say it? I mean it when I say it. Hawa. That is what that is what I say. Mm-hmm. I say hawa. Well, okay. Okay. Um, Can we talk about your appointment today? My day? Today? Yeah. yeah. Can we course. talk about your day? So, yeah, I feel like I have a weird energy right now and I'm definitely like... You feel like you're almost floating above your body, like watching this hall. It's definitely like all I'm thinking about. Yeah. So I had a follow-up dermatology appointment today. I don't want to get into the weeds of it, but um, essentially I had two spots like removed today and I went into the appointment thinking that that was not going to be the case. Yeah. And so they were talking to me. Everything was going smooth. I was like, oh, yeah, and then, like, check out this one in my elbow pit. And, and then <laughs> let's recheck that one that you were looking at last. Whatever. Again, I don't want to get into the details. Um, but she was like, cool, we're going to remove those today. And I was like, um, what does that look like? Because when it comes to physical pain, like we've talked about on here, how my fear is mostly based in like physical things because yes. it's such a mystery to me and it's so unplanned and unexpected. Like I hate tripping over stuff because I'm just like, ugh. like yes. that's just like the most Anytime inconvenient you trip thing. over something like you just tripped over my guitar case and that I was did, in the center of the room. It, there was nothing <laughs> around it. Like you went out of your way to trip over it. And you looked at my guitar case like it was at fault. Like if if I if I ha- if I'm not planning for the <laughs> sensation, what? Just, then it just it just scares it just bothers the crap out of me. We'll be sleeping in the middle of the night, and like your leg will brush up against me, and I would just like yeah. flick back just hard, just just this su- surprise factor of any type of physical touch that I'm not preparing for messes me up. Yep. And so they're like, we're gonna take these off today. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I've had one removed before it was in high school, but you're going to have to re-catch me up on what's about to happen to my skin. And she was like, we're going to give you some numbing shots. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I love shots. So was it like a legitimate, like a syringe? Do into- you think I watched that? No. She goes, I'm going to give you a little. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, not really. And she was like, I'm going to give you a little ladybug and you're just going to hold it on your chest. What, why is she called a ladybug? Um, oh, but what was it? It was a vibrating thing to hold. She's like, I want you to focus on the feeling of this. 
genius tactic. Genius. Genius. Wow. And it even helped. I think that's like, even like, hey, we don't want to make this experience traumatic for you, so experience this at the same time. There's got to be something therapeutic with the buzzing ladybug, but I appreciated it. So I held it on my chest, and uh, and she was like, she kept talking to the speaker. She's like, Alexa, play Taylor's Alexa, Alexa, and it like wouldn't work. She was like nervous on my behalf of like, let's get this ish together so this woman's okay. Sure. And so she leans me back. Um, I hold the ladybug on my chest. T Swift's playing in the background her latest album. They try to talk to me about it, and it got weird. And uh, they're like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Talking's great. Talking's great." And so they started talking to me. But one of the spots that they're removing is on the lower half of my chin. And I was like, "I don't know if I'm supposed to talk to you while you're doing this." And I was just so scared, and I could tell I was like faint. And they're like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. So they did the shots, which hurt like a shot does. And then the actual situation happened where they took him off, and I didn't, I didn't feel that. But ladies and gentlemen, but what at you the same was Aaron time, sorry, across the mic. I was so sorry. Didn't super feel it, but I knew I was so aware of what was happening because here's the thing: in my thirty years of existence, I've never had stitches. Yeah. Have you? I've had them on my tongue. I had to get a Holy tongue. crap, I would die. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, yeah. you didn't. I had a speech impediment Jeremiah. whenever I, I had a speech impediment when I was a little kid. I couldn't say my R's, so I would say Walper. <laughs> what were you just trying to say? Know. Whopper? <laughs> I said Wobble. Uh, like, but that wasn't even a word. No, I would say, I'm trying to think, I would say Rubber. Wad, say Rubber. Uh, I would say Wubber. <laughs> Wubber. I would say Wubber. And uh, it's because I had this thingy Water. that they had to remove from my tongue, and then I had to get surgery on it, and it, it, it hurt me. Wait. Yes? But you weren't awake for the surgery. I don't remember. Probably. I, and then the stitches probably happened whenever you were still put under. I just imagined you being awake for that. And I also had to go to speech therapy because they they had to they had to help me say, well, but... Oh, man, I can't imagine stitches on your tongue. I'm getting so gross. I'm so sorry. Okay, So you so call all everybody say, up. Yeah. I've never had stitches, and so that was the first time I was numbed in the spot, but then it was happening, and I was like, it's happening. I know it's happening. So unexpected trip to the dermatology office, and you and I were supposed to make a, um, since COVID, I would say, you and I have started going to the grocery store together, Yeah, and I've really enjoyed it. I've gotten yeah. a lot better. My patience has grown. Mm. It's gotten so well, much better. Well, this was a super interesting trip because I was so I faint. Love you. No, I no, could no, not I walk. You. I love you. Everything I'm what? about to say is in love. It is not a criticism. It's an observation. It's okay. I wasn't super nice to you at the beginning of this. Yeah. It's all and, about fairness. Okay, great. Then let me even it out. You were being so dramatic about <gasps> getting so <laughs> that you were legitimately like, hey, babe, can you hand me the spin drifts? I'm just like super faint right now. <laughs> And then whenever we brought, came home with an entire car worth of groceries, I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, I'm getting all of them. <laughs> and you got like one bag of kale and you were like, I'm Jeremiah. sorry, I'm just like so faint right now. Oh my gosh. You told me to even it up. I wasn't going to go in so hard, but I had to even it up. You just wanted an LOL on that. But I also need to point out that whenever we were doing the self-checkout, you looked at me and you're like, babe, you do look really faint. And I was like, I know. But I also said, I think you're grossing yourself out. 
Because when you talk about it, you start thinking about it, and then you get all faint looking. Well, I keep picturing something that I didn't even watch. Yeah, that's... And I think but you, can I also tell you this? Before that, they, it's that. It's when your voice does that thing. Sorry. Hey, mom, get it to you. That's what you keep doing. Well, it was so scary to me, but uh, I also, like, before she put the Band-Aid over it, over the stitches, I, like, wanted to look at it, and I was like, that was the biggest mistake ever. <sighs> okay. So I'm feeling kind of weird, you could say. No, I get that. And so weird. I get that. I'm do feeling you, really weird. Do you want to talk about our first thing? We haven't even gotten to we our... We haven't even got... I mean, baby... You don't I, want to label the stitches? No, I, do, I mean, we we can mention it, but I really feel like we came here with, with the thing. You know oh, Jeremiah I mean? talks about stitches. So... I already forgot the first thing we're talking about. Because, we're talking about we had a show. Because I'm so faint. Oh, my gosh. You have to. Good you, thing I had this appointment after because... Patience. It's in... Lord, beer me patience. Beer me? Oh, there's a show called Remember The whatever Office. Whatever you said, I, I, can't you say were... I couldn't say ours, so I would go around saying... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> and we were like... <laughs> Lord, beer me patience. Beer me... Beer. Well, no, that's not as cute as I thought it would be. Uh, we mm. had a show. That was one of the most... I, I I left that show thinking we finally figured out. I mean, you're gonna say I told you so. Yeah, let's go and talk. Let's get, let's let's go there, babe. Let's go and tell everyone this big revelation that you found out about I us. I feel like because I'm so ADD and I'm so like you like control. Be honest. I love control. I always had this predicament of it's impossible to tour with a band, and it's impossible to play in loud bars as a duo and not get talked over or whatever but as honestly you always thought it was never it wasn't enough i always felt like it wasn't enough as a duo yes and i think i'm learning through just self-reflection that that's what it always is i always feel like it's never enough no matter what it is it's never enough yes so you've always you always try to add yes and i think it has a lot to do with like the things I clung to as a kid. And I think it, it involves like the way I distracted myself from feeling sad. Your answer oftentimes is more. Yes. And that sometimes it's, I'm hurting. What can I put on this to make it go away? And that's not necessarily bad all of the time. Like yeah, no, it's sure. actually like I have the opposite reflex to pain and it's actually very helpful for like, if I'm having a bad day and you'll be like, why don't you go do this to turn your day around? And I'm just like, what? I can do that? And and so sometimes like that, it's like very helpful. So I'm not, I don't want you to think that it's a negative thing no. all the time. But practically for us as a touring duo. And financially. <laughs> and financially. Yeah. Because the, I always go back to that first tour we did to California and it was five of us. And it's just like, I don't know how bands do it. I really don't. Like bands like us that don't have any help. Like, it's just us, and we're running a small business. I don't yeah. understand how bands and vans make it work without an entire team of people. Right. Because it, at shows, it's you and I, and it's like, hey, I'm going to go man the merch table. You good. Yeah. Like, that's the vibe. Yeah. And I just, it blows my mind. If it wasn't for Patreon, I don't see how, I just, I'm, I'm blown away at every time I see a band touring that doesn't have a team. It blows my mind. Uh, but at that show... Because Eddie's Attic, if you've never been, it is, it's what's called a listening room. So you're not allowed to talk during the shows. You will get shushed. Or... You will get shushed or asked to leave. So it is, it is a room built for acoustic acts like yeah. us. 
Yeah. And uh, John Mayer was one of the is is like the name of the guy that like got discovered at Eddie's Attic. He won the open mic shootout that they do at Eddie's Attic. The Civil Wars have a live album at Eddie's Attic. It's just like a a very well celebrated room. Mm -hmm. So us playing it, we knew going into it, hey, let's just play acoustic and let's just sing the songs we wrote. And I know for me, over the last like five years of doing this, I always get wrapped up in how can I make this exciting or what can I add to this to make it more whenever really what I always try to get back to is how do I write good songs? Because what is your brain telling you in those moments whenever you think you have to add more? Why? I think the reason why it hasn't soared or taken off is because there's not enough involved and I and it's just a lie that I tell myself you think that you can solve it you think I think every time I step up to the plate of a live show or yes. of a song it's like solving a puzzle that is secretly like already solved like it is solved in the in the messiness of it like yeah. sometimes I want I don't know. It's it's like this thing. It's this theme that keeps coming up in my life in so many different ways. It's not just our live shows or it's not just our records. I just realized for me, I'm always trying to outsmart the hurt of being a human being. Like I'm trying to think my way out of being human so I can be something else entirely. And I always circle back around to be, oh, it's it just sucks sometimes. Well, I think a lot of times I could be wrong, but... Like, after a show, and, like, like we'll have a show that goes so well, and then you'll get news the next day that, like, that makes you question if we're doing everything right. And You're you'll be literally like, describing today. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's And okay. you'll be like, oh, well, crap. What did we do wrong at the show that we can fix next time to where we that answer would have been yes? Yes. And I hate that for you. I don't know how to silence that for you, except just I've been reminding you a lot. But I, I, I just. You have to admit, though, it has gotten better with age. It has. It has. And I hate to say it, but like COVID was just like, it's us. It's it's just us. Yeah, because shows are so sacred and far away and few and far between that it has to be just us. Like it. We don't have enough on the on the on the calendar to to schedule anything other than hey I got us a show it's this month can we do it and then right. we go and we do it but what Eddie showed me and what Eddie's always tries to show me but I'm always reluctant to hear it or to see it is that if you want to be a certain way you should set yourself up to be that way. What does and, that mean? Like, if you want to be an acoustic duo, this is just practical advice for musicians. If you want to be an acoustic act that is very intimate, that is storytelling, that is uh, bare bones, you need to be playing in rooms that work for that. So if you're playing these huge venues where there's like a sea of people or like it's empty and you're like, why aren't they really paying attention to me? It's because that is not the room for you. Yeah. And that show was just the perfect situation to go, oh, this works when we set ourselves up for it to work. You know, it's funny, though, is that whenever I met you, the reference you sent me was Noah Gunderson and his sister doing like a very stripped down duo show. Yeah. But then I used you've battled back back and forth the, the last like eight or nine years of like 
Yeah, it'll be nine years this summer that we've been playing together. Yeah. Um, but you've battled the whole like, well, do I want full band? Because you only ever did full band until you met me. Yeah. And I know there's parts of like camaraderie and uh, joy and energy that you probably miss from those times. Yeah. Um, but I think deep down you want at your core, you are a songwriter and a storyteller. Yeah. I think, I think that's so true. And I think that that is when you ask me, what is my job? I would say to write songs, not to perform them, not to play in a band. Yeah. To write songs. I think playing in bands growing up was the journey that led you to being a songwriter. Yes. As playing in an orchestra was the journey that led me to be a singer. <laughs> yeah. Like no, it doesn't true. always make sense. Yeah. And it it might not be like a linear path, but it all definitely plays into where we're at now. I think that is a very good perspective. I, th- I and I love you for saying that. That is just that is really great perspective because Thank you. <laughs> I I always felt myself in bands being the guy like Am I the only one that like super takes this seriously? Because right. I would wreck rehearsals by being like, no one's taking this seriously. And we're really just having a great time, you know, because mm. I've always been the one that just like loves it too much to the point where it's like turning everybody off. And uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, I, that is that is a thing that I do because I love it so much. And what COVID has shown me. You want other people <clears throat> to love it as hard as you do. And they just. But like, and that's not their job. Do you know why you want that? Because I think part You'll of it, feel it less... the selfless part of me, wants them to experience the joy of of that. Like today, so can I give you an example? Sorry, sorry, yeah. Yeah. So today in CrossFit, I did the first RX workout I've ever done, which means that I did it according to the CrossFit standards, which is hard to do because I'm not as yoked as all those crazy people are. Sorry, you're not crazy if you do CrossFit. I do CrossFit, so I'm calling myself crazy. No one's crazy. Um, yeah. We're but, trying not to use that word. Yeah, I'm trying to nix that word from my vocabulary. But one of the reasons I was able to do it and the mm-hmm. reason I decided to do it, because I, I almost didn't do it because I was like, oh, I can't lift that much weight. But the reason I did is because the playlist was Blink-182. And you're there for it. That, it oh, was, my it gosh. It was an entire playlist of Angels and Airwaves plus 44, but mainly Blink-182. All yes. the members of Blink-182 were in other bands. And... I wanted everyone around me to know how important it was that this was the music playing the first time I did RX. Yeah. I just, I love music so much. It changed my life to a point where like, I think it could change everyone's, but it's, that's just because it's my perspective. Yeah. It's like, I think it's the same way that I try to control how people listen to like romantic classical music or something. Yeah. Cause I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Like if we're at an orchestra concert and you start talking to me in the middle of the third movement, I'm just going to like want to slap your face. Yes. And it's like the same of like, no, 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 you, you need to experience this. You're going to feel this too. You don't understand. You're missing out on life because you don't have this yet. Yes. And I think that's everyone has their thing of that. And you've just wanted everyone to match that for you. And that hasn't been the case. And I think, I also think the Eddie's Attic thing, it was like I was chasing my tail while my tail was also chasing me because all of my favorite memories of live shows, like I'm, I'm thinking of this one specifically, this one David Bazan show in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Like ones that you've attended. Ones that I've attended. Like okay. I've been there and I watched. 
it was him and a guitar in someone's living room. And it was one of the most life-changing performances I've ever seen. Gregory Allen. Gregory Allen. It was just him, a cellist, and a violinist. Like, I just... And it was always in small rooms. And the thing I loved about it was the songs were amazing. The lyrics were amazing. But I felt like I could be... Like, I was in the stories with them. So you've always been leading to that that's good it's kind of funny we discovered that but i think my natural safety zone is to be in a rock band because that's what i grew up doing and again that's just the outlet that led you there because like of course i miss playing in orchestras yeah of course i want that playing in a band is so fun yeah so fun i want to be able to play in an orchestra again and it it was interesting because uh, Grayson, the guy that makes our videos, was there, and I I love that dude so much. Know, he's, and he's become like such a good friend. <laughs> he's become such like such a homie. Like God, I love that dude. And uh, he was at the show, and after the show, he said something to me, and it it wouldn't have mattered to me from someone else because it it is a like yeah of course you how could you not? Uh, but coming from Grayson, who knows our music so intimately, it meant something else. He said. Um, I've always a, a compliment I've always given you consistently is I think you're a great songwriter, but your lyrics stand out so much more when all the other stuff isn't in the way. And like from somebody that knows our music and has like listened to our music obsessively to get the video right, it goes to show that like that is true for anybody. Mm-hmm. Like if you have bad lyrics, they're way more present if you don't have the stuff to hide behind. But and yeah. I think that I believe in writing so much that I would rather you hear them yeah. than not, you know? I think Penny and Sparrow is probably the same way. Oh, my gosh. If I had to guess. Well, and Gregory Allen, too. Words just matter so much. and um, But, you know, I mean, if we could all come full circle and play with an orchestra one day like he does, that would be really cool. That would be amazing, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think people offhandedly over the past like few years whenever we did the postmodern era when did that release 2018 2018 um people started to tell us like un we were not asking for it <laughs> but they would randomly just be like hey like you don't really you don't really need all that looping or all that whatever and i guess that's whenever i started playing keys too and i'm just like yeah but like just let us have this right now because <laughs> that's what we need yeah and i God, babe, you were just, you're just killing it today for me. What do you mean? Like you you feel seen? I feel feel seen seen by you. Like, I don't know why, but that like made me tear up. But it was like, I need this right now. You know? Oh. Yeah. It was just like, for whatever reason in that moment, that's what we needed. That's what any band needs. That's why I've always been such a big, it is, it is a pet peeve of mine whenever a band releases a new album and someone complains saying, oh, they just went in a completely different direction. Why did they, they just like messed up what they were doing? Why, mm-hmm. why? And I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is art for themselves. Yeah. And I had a huge insecurity when we released Joymonger because Joymonger didn't do as well as the postmodern era. And I forget a lot of that is because, uh, one, there wasn't a real single on Joymonger. Like there were songs that we released as singles. Would but you there- say it was kind of a concept album? Yeah, of course. But, In a way. Yeah, of course. But it didn't do as well because we released it at the beginning of a pandemic and we couldn't tour it and bands like us have to tour. Sure. So I would always be like icky feeling that like, oh, I guess we got to go back to doing loopy weird stuff. But on a tour, 
going back to Eddie's Attic, we played the show at Eddie's Attic with this guy named Young Mister, who is one of my favorite songwriters. Like, I really love his music. Yeah. And his voice is great, too. It's insane. God, it's insane. And I forgot how insane it was. But we he seems went, like he has no fear when he, he is, sings. Does he that is, make sense? He's weirdly confident, for sure. Yeah, that's what. That's y- the opposite. Yeah, like no, it's just like he gets up there to sing, and he's just like, "Yeah, this is gonna go well." <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but it was we went on tour with him during the postmodern era. Yeah. It was right before we released Blue Light, I think. Either right, it was around that time, and we were doing the loopy thing. And he came up and he loved our song, Oh My Brother, from our first record. And a that's lot of kinda, musicians like that. <clears throat> a lot of musicians like that song. But it was like we were in that getting to know each other phase. We played our first show. And then at the next show, he goes, can I tell you something as a songwriter? And I was like, yes. And he goes, you don't need all this stuff. And he was like, your songs stand up on their own. And it was the first time anyone said that and it didn't hurt, but it felt encouraging. Where it was... These things are getting away from, are getting in the way of the thing. Yeah. And I just thought that was so encouraging. And full circle, we got to play the show with Eddie's. We didn't have any of that stuff. And it did feel so much more right. Even if it is just right for right now, it felt right. It's what we need right now. When I had the realization on the way home from Eddie's that looping for you just feels like a little bit more of control of how the show is going to go because you have this need you have I can see it right before a show where you're just like this has to go well or I'm not gonna or I am not well yes and you I'm not this is not a judgment this is an understandable I'm in a a good good spot for you to say something this is. is understandable whenever we first started playing together um I remember being like, yo, you are really hard to be around before a show starts. And I'm definitely not that anymore. You're not that anymore. And I remember, like, I wasn't trying to, like, I was trying to figure out how to combat that. Right. Because that wasn't a healthy thing to do. And I remember me and your brother, Josh, like, talked about it one time. And he he was in the other band that you were in before we got to, before we met. And he was like, yep, he, that's. He just does that before show. He kind of needs to like, that's just what he does. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not right though. And that it doesn't always have to be like that. So I was like, I love him enough to like, I want to figure out how we can make this like a good experience. Yeah. And you've come, you've, you definitely don't do that anymore, but there's still a, there's still a worry that I wish I could take away for you. Well, but, and I think in my defense, some of that is just pre-show jitters. No, I, no, of course. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a health. You need the healthy amount of adrenaline that, like, that's the fight or flight that's good for you. Yeah, of you course. know what I mean. And no, I, I totally get that. But we just needed to find like a rhythm of like how we were going to work together if that was going to be the case. And, and I think, I think for me, particularly, COVID has helped me so much. And what Eddie's did for me, and like basically what all this came from was. COVID shook me and my identity so deeply and made me look in the mirror and go, without this, who are you? Mm-hmm. And it was such an uncomfortable discovery because since I was 11, it's all I ever wanted. And it seemed for an entire year that it was never going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Eddie showed me is that it is something to look forward to whenever you can have it. And it's much more sacred than I let it get. 
like I let it become this thing that I had to control, this thing that I had to expect, this thing that I was owed. And COVID reminded me, hey, you are not this, but when you get to do it, your life is better. So cherish the moments you get to actually do it. Yeah. Which I'm, if I'm lucky, I will never go back to the old ways of taking it for granted. Because I feel like for far too long, I took it for granted. Yeah. And I think that is why, you know, because there's this Delta variant that's coming around. We could be shutting back down again. We just don't know. So every time we get to play a show, I want to, I want to celebrate that. I want to get nervous. I want to. I want to sing my heart out, but I also want to realize that, like, hey, this is not owed to you. Yeah. So enjoy it as much as you possibly can. Totally. And And Eddie's was, we enjoyed every bit of it. Well, you you and I always, like, have a touch point before the show. Yeah. We're just like, hey, I love you. Let's have fun. Like, that's kind of, that's a ritual we have that we didn't really... We yeah, don't we really do it on realize stage that now. that's a ritual. Yeah. Yeah, we do it on stage now. <laughs> but like before it would just be like everyone for themselves, you better not let's not mess up. Do you know what I mean? But now it's just such a connection of like this is just we're okay. Yeah. And it's and like and it's going to be fine cuz repetition has gotten us here and yeah, it's just I think you because of COVID, it's not your identity doesn't weigh as heavily on it as it once did. Yeah. And because of that, there's less pressure on me to show up a certain way. Because, and that's been really healthy. Yes, and the we, we can talk about this and go to the next thing. Jump over to Patreon. Uh, oh no, we have to talk about what we're into. Uh, I just love that we're doing the podcast again. I know it was only a month break, but I've I've missed it so much. Thursdays, um, <clears throat> Thursdays, it's a vibe. Stitches after the show, <clears throat> you you basically told me that hey, I feel like. When you get super disconnected to me, I feel because I'm always trying to t- trying to rehearse. Like if we have a show, like Eddie's attic, I wanted to rehearse like ten times. I wanted to be so bulletproof that like no one could mess me up. And you were like, no, we do not do that because you want to leave space for the moment to be what the moment could be, and you you don't want to overthink the entire show because then I'm gonna wreck it. Because then you're gonna wreck it as soon as I overthink <clears throat> something. It's it's not going to go well. I want it to organically. And yeah, we talked about the beauty of a live moment and just following each other so well. Yeah. Go with what you were saying. Though, no. And then on the way home, you were like, I want to make space for the spirit or the muse or whatever to show up on stage. Because I'm it's and I and I believe this and I hope you believe this, too. I believe it now. I'm not just trying to get out of rehearsal. No. I truly think I truly believe that if there is a point of over rehearsing yes. to where you are going to if I know exactly how backwards hard is going to go at a performance, that's not fun for me. Yeah. No, I know. If to, to be able to just regurgitate something every single night. Yeah. Like, I don't really want that. I want it. I want to have like creative freedom within your voice, you know? Yeah, and I think you are so much. I mean, more... we got to know the parts, and that's important. You got to. I got to learn the parts that you can't yes, get out of. You got to learn the words. You got to learn the words. You got to learn the parts when everyone comes in. But beyond that, I think you've got to trust your your live instinct. And because think about a performance is like the most live you ever are. I'm yes. sorry. No, <laughs> well, I mean, it, no, no, sorry. it is. A perf- I'm sorry. Erase that. A performance is the most present. I am as a person. 
Yes. Because you are very wrapped up in what's happening in the moment. I would say that it is that is true of me, too. But the week before is the most future oriented I ever am. Of course. That's pretty. Yeah, yeah. But let's go back to for sure. Sorry. So, no, it's like the most present we are. Yeah. And so it's like if you over rehearse that, it's 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 a waste of your time. Yes. No. And I totally agree. I think that. And I. You get where I'm coming from now? I totally get where you're coming from. But the week before for me. I'm focused solely on what it's going to be like on stage. Of course. That I'm like, I need control. Get in the studio. We have to rehearse. Right. We got to find a happy medium because it's like, um, I was reading, what was the book? The Placido Domingo's, uh, the famous opera singer. I was reading his biography and he even pointed it out that there's like, if you're rehearsing and you're like, oh shoot, that's going to be a hard note to get to. And so then you run it like over and over and over again with the thought of like, oh, man, I better get this or it's going to be real hard to it's going to be real hard to make it. Then come time for the performance, there's like some magic that's gone because you've just practiced the crap out of it. Yeah. And then you might do it technically correct. But like there are moments where if you don't overdo it, your voice will just in the in the adrenaline of the moment, your voice will make it happen. Yeah. There is something about just game day you know like michael jordan having the stomach bug and still delivering the goods like yeah. there's still something there something's happening yeah, yeah i agree okay thank this was a very like why we do music kind of i thing. know i'm i'm surprised you teared up about postmodern yeah i that was a really what was that about yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was a really sweet moment for us in so many ways and I think it's because it's just what I needed at that time. Do you remember whenever I said performing is the most live we ever are? That's the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's something that you're super into oh, this week? Oh, crap. I I'll mean, go first. The, thing I'm, the um, thing I'm super into is Young Mr.'s new song. It's called Still Young. Send it. It is a freaking bop. It is. It's the song of the summer. Like I will, I will fight anyone that disagrees. Like, come to my house. We will fight in the parking lot until you surrender, knowing, you, still young. Uh, oh, you're yawning. I thought you were just like a gasp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He also has. He released a pandemic album that is really great. It is not the vibe of still young. He's going bigger on this one. But his first record is called Young Mister, and it is also very like rock and roll, and it's really great. That's um, what I would say. This is weird. Go ahead. But I mean, it's what I'm thinking of. I have it in my hand right now. <laughs> my sister got me a swig water bottle for... My least favorite name of a company. My sister got me a SWIG um, <laughs> water for bottle me. for my birthday. And it's like a stainless steel, keeps your liquids cold or hot for a very long time. You know how some people hate the word moist? That is my... Swig is my, is my moist. Okay, babe. I don't know. It's like somehow no, the S and to. the W hit in a way where it sounds swiggy, and I just oh, oh, I don't like it. Well, it's like a verb. It just bothers you. It just Anyways, bothers me. but my niece and nephew picked out the design, and that makes me smile every time I look at it. It looks like a unicorn sneezed. That's probably exactly why Addie picked this out. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, it reminds me to get in my water and and do it and hydrate. Okay, let's jump over to Patreon. Jump. I love you. Jump. I love you. Love you. (laughs)